0: Sarah, save the world. Hello! Hello! (laughs) Welcome to... Gaia and Sarah, save the world. I'm Sarah. I'm Gaia. Hi. Hi. Today, we are going to be responding to bad relationship advice. Yes, because the internet and real life are just littered (laughs) with terrible advice that needs to be unpacked and talked about because it's dog shit. (laughs) So this is advice that, like, is... You hear it all the time, and a lot of times, like, you think it... Or it's, like, told as good advice, but it's actually not. Um, so, before we get into that, we do want to announce that we made a Patreon. Yes, we have a Patreon. Um, we did this because... We're going to start creating some episodes that are really important to us, but we don't really feel like are best suited for YouTube. We feel like it's really important to us and to our community, but we also don't want to bring tons of negativity into our Mm -hmm. YouTube comments, basically. Yeah. And it gives us, like, an opportunity to, like, give back to the community that's supporting us and giving exclusive content and having, like, group chats Mm -hmm. and things like that so that it's not just episodes we're putting out. Like, it's more of, like, a, a growing community where we can keep talking about these things. Yes. We also started a Discord server, um, which you can join. We'll put a link. And then once you get there, there will be, like, rules and instructions for how to get to the rest of it. Um, and then there will be a Patreon only section of it um, that will grow as our patron, Patreon grows. Um, so thank you guys for suggesting it. It's going to open up the door to a lot more possibilities for yeah. the Yeah. Yeah, so it's exciting! Okay, so let's get into the episode. Shitty advice. Bad advice. So we are going to be citing a Psychology Today article. Surprise. Shocking. Um, okay, so do you want to go... So We just took um, all of the kind of highlights of the article and we're going to respond to them. When you meet the right person, you'll know right away. Okay, so... Oh my gosh, where to even start on this? That's There's so much to unpack. Like romanticism, bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. it's such bad advice because I've been in a situation where it's like you feel like you don't know right away. So then you're like, oh, well, do I just call the whole thing off? Or like, yeah. do you just wait to know? Like, yeah. and I think that can be true for some. <laughs> I'm going to have to get her to stop. I I think that can be true for some people in some situations, but I think to just give that as blanket advice that it's going to be true for everybody is bad. I don't think there's always necessarily, like, some, like, almost supernatural, magical aspect to every relationship. I mean, I think that can be there, but as we've discussed on previous episodes, I think a lot of times that can be a sign, like, a negative sign, actually. Like, more so than a positive That's actually a sign, like, we've talked about in Romanticism and other episodes, of a trauma bond. Yeah. Like, when you meet someone and immediately you feel so connected and attached to them, like, that's actually not how healthy attachment works. Right. I'm not saying that, like, bigger things can't, like, exist, like, more, like, magical connections and stuff, but to have it be the rule of thumb that you know right away is terribly misleading and not really rooted in rationality. Yeah, and I just think it sets up, like really, really, like, not even just high expectations, but, like, false expectations. Yeah. Because what if you just wait for that to happen, then it just, like, never does in your life. Well, then it takes a really long time to genuinely know someone. Yes. So that's another thing is, like, making these huge, like, assessments of someone or your connection to them off of just meeting them is very unhealthy and not realistic. Well, okay, here's... I thought of two other aspects to that. Like, another aspect to it is, like, a lot of really good relationships kind of start as friendships. Yes. and, And a lot of successful relationships are, like, people who have been friends for years, and then they're like, oh, like, this partnership actually works. Yes. And there is a romantic aspect to this partnership. Yes. But you wouldn't have known that right away. I think there's so much to that because... I mean, I don't even feel comfortable dating someone unless <laughs> unless we've been friends, like close friends, for a while. That's how every single one of well, almost all of my relationships have started, yeah. like really close friendship. Yeah, because you have to have that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That is my relationship advice. I mean, I agree. But, okay, here's here's another aspect I thought about it, and maybe this is like kind of shady, but I feel like in my experience, this particular piece of advice has come from people who think their relationship is better than everyone else's. Yep. And they're like, I knew right away, so everyone will or should. Yeah, it's it's a very, like, egocentric type of thing mm-hmm. that a lot of people do. And I don't know if that comes from, like, actually feeling insecure about the decisions that you've made. I really don't know. There's so much we could unpack right? About it. But, no, you don't typically know... Right away. Right. And then there's also, like, who is the right person? Is there a right person? Right. Well, and what what does it f- even feel like? Like, that's just not even helpful. Like, it doesn't give any kind of context. Like, so if you're receiving that advice, I would say, I mean, obviously, like, if you see someone who's experienced that and they're having like great yeah. right success with it, like, that's cool for them, but I just don't think it applies to everybody. It's not a universal statement. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. No. If you're interested in someone, play hard to get. <gasps> See, I can think of so many different things to say about this. Because yeah. there's actually like I can't even remember what this famous book is called that basically it teaches women how to be like the most like desirable thing to men. It's super old, it's oh. super misogynistic, it's like putting men on a pedestal. Yeah. It's not healthy. It's not like equal right. right. Um but in that book, in similar blogs and things, they always tell women to not, like, put, I guess, like, your interest out there. Right. To play, like, vague and kind of, like, pull back and right. stuff like that. And it's hard to say that that's bad advice because it actually does work. But right. But it's not going to work in a sense of, like... This is a healthy relationship. I just think the whole notion of, like, there being a game and, like, you're almost, like, playing chess, but it's yep. romance, like, that whole notion sucks. And I think, like, a way that, um, dating, I think, I don't know personally from experience because I, I haven't, like, dated in a really long time or, like, traditionally, like, very much in my yeah. life. Um but I think that it's more common to be able to like be more upfront, kind of sooner, yeah. especially because you can meet people online and talk a lot before you even decide, like, do we yeah. want to meet in person? Um, so I think like why should you have to play a game and put on like a fake in- personality? What kind of foundation does that set for your relationship if you're already playing power games with? Right, someone? like that's manipulation. But it's been so normalized that like, right. people do it all the time. Like, oh well, they they, I just double texted them and now I can't text them for like two days because I just showed that like I like them. Isn't that kind of the whole fucking point? Well and I get it too, like there's tons of like anxiety so I think the reason these like games come about or a possible reason is like it feels, it's like you're really anxious, but if you're following the rules, then you can write it off and be like, well, I did everything right. Yeah. You know, and then you can, like, put it on the other person, um, or you can just be like, oh, I'll just try it again. Like, and you just yeah. follow the formula, and if you do the formula every time, then when it's the right person, you'll know right away. <laughs> and this is manipulation. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, like, I, I guess everyone probably has different life experiences with this, but, like, for me, when I really like someone, I'm, like, really, like, dominant about it. Yeah, like, I am too actually. I'm usually kind of like the one taking control yeah. in those situations. Yeah. I know maybe that's not like stereotypical. I, and I know part of that is cuz I'm like I don't I don't like not being in control. Yeah. So I just want to be in control. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't want to wonder, I'm just like this is this is what's going on. Right. Like I'd rather yes. just have it out there. Yeah. And same. be like what are we doing? Well, I feel <laughs> like this kind of goes hand in hand with like the flip side, the like really gross like super misogynist like pickup artist type of thing where if you're assuming that men are playing games and have like this awful idea of like what dating is yeah then you're like well if they're playing a game then I have to be like reciprocating and like playing the game on the other side of it so instead of just being like well they're playing a game so I'm not interested right which is what I would say to do. Yeah. Like, it's so funny because, like, in my, like, early to mid-twenties, I would play these games yeah. with men all the time. It was just like, I was like, this is just what life is. Yeah. But then, like, as I got closer to 30, I'm just like, this the slight, like, like, detail or anything that would seem like, oh, they might be playing a game, uninterested, goodbye forever. Bye! I think the play hard to get thing also goes hand in hand, and maybe this is a topic on other, um sections but like with women trying to preserve purity or trying to preserve virginity and stuff like that which i think is just um really gross like men are are allowed to be very free with their bodies and the choices that they make there's definitely like a huge hypocritical aspect to it of like women have to almost be like coy yeah and it has to do with practicing femininity Mm -hmm. it's it's all rooted in sexism yes I don't know. My, yes. My advice is just don't play it. Like, that's not a game you want to be in anyway. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I don't think you make deep, lasting connections. I mean, you can. You can. But it's but like you have to overcome that as a hurdle. And then do a lot just of work. of not doing it in the first place. Focus on putting your best foot forward until you're firmly committed. Yes. So, this is kind of that thing that people do in, like, the first phases of dating where they are, like, the superhero version of themselves. Yes. And this has been so normalized in dating culture that kind of everyone does it to some right. extent. Oh, I definitely have. I have done that yeah. as well. It's where you're, like, trying to look perfect 24-7, trying to be likable. Yeah. Trying to be funny. Always trying to be the best in bed and, like, yes. all these things. Because you're trying to present yourself as perfect. Right. Or even, like, um, it can go in, like, you're trying to be the cool girl, or you're not going to voice things that you don't like or don't necessarily agree with. Yep. Or Or um, it could be, like, you have reached a point in your relationship where you're moving in together, which, if you're me, that is, like, four months. in. Like, that was always like, oh, we've been together for four months. Let's move in. Yeah. Um <laughs> And so pretending, like, you're going to not mind doing their laundry forever or, like, cleaning up after them, stuff like that. When in reality, like, you don't want to do those things. So you're almost making, like, silent agreements and promises but without actually ever talking about it. So you've made this kind of silent promise or, like you've represented yourself a certain way, yep. and then when that you drop the facade and you don't wanna do the laundry anymore, or you wanna say like, hey, I actually disagree with you on yes. this thing, then suddenly it could it could be a huge fight or like yeah who you're not the person I fell in love with. That's such a common thing. Why can't we go back to the beginning? Right. That's something that most people have felt or even said. Right. And that's what it comes from is you're not being your true, realistic, flawed self. Right. In the beginning phase of getting to know someone, and then you wonder why six months to a year into your relationship you're like fucking screaming at each other and you're right. like I don't even fucking like you. Yes. <laughs> well, I had a relationship many. Years Years back, where I did not let the person see me without makeup on for six months. Now, let's talk about how complicated that was. <laughs> being that he spent most nights at my place, I literally—how s- did you do that? I slept in my makeup. Oh my gosh, your poor skin. Yeah, like I don't even know how I survived that. But I slept in my makeup, and then he would leave at like whatever time in the morning or afternoon. I would shower, wash my face, oh put my the gosh. makeup back on. I did I just wanted to look, like, perfect. That's so so much work. And, and hi, what does that do? That doesn't help you build, like, an actual relationship. Right. Like, based on anything besides appearance. Like, Mm -hmm. so stupid. Never did that again. Mm -mm, Not worth it. You'll only meet liars and weirdos if you date online. Okay. I highly disagree with that. But I do think you can meet liars and weirdos online. But I think online dating... Uh, is a really good thing because I think you can meet more like-minded people. We're almost like, okay, so I'm very lucky. My partner is vegan. But, like, if that was not the scenario I was in, I truly would not want to date someone who, like, is either not already vegan or, like, wouldn't become vegan. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you could just like cut out the middleman on a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, and like cut to the chase on, on stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Having like the facts on the table like that. Yeah. I feel like it's really helpful, but I also feel like I can't really speak on this much because I've no, no experience. Okay. I dated someone off my space. Really? Yeah. Um, so this was like, Back when MySpace existed. Uh, and it was kind of scary, you know, because I was like, what if they're a murderer or like they're fake? Like, catfishing wasn't even a word yet. So, oh, like, yeah. we didn't know really, but I think like Craigslist murders had happened. So, oh, you know, maybe, maybe it was before that. I don't know. Um, but I, he was like connected. <laughs> what is that game? Like, Seven Degrees with Kevin Bacon. Like, he was a few people connected to me. Because, like, my friend knew his friend oh, okay. or something like that, you know. So, I met him in a public place <laughs> to make sure that um, he I wouldn't get murdered. That's smart. Yeah. I have friends who do online dating apps. Mm-hmm. and like I mean, they've also told me really terrible stories yeah. about people they meet. But, I mean, they go on dates and, like, are fine and get to know people. Right. You know. Yeah. I don't really see how... Uh, like a dating app online would be any different than meeting someone like a bar or an event or anything right. like that. Like it, I don't really see it as that dangerous but because yeah. you're gonna find dangerous people no matter where you go. Yeah. So I think that's kind of like an out that's almost like an outdated statement that would be like when we were teenagers the way right. our parents viewed the internet. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well I think too it can help like kind of what I said like the vegan thing like you can narrow down who you're talking to. Like I think it could help if you're not Like, straight, you know, like, you can can just make sure you're in, like, a... Almost, like, a safer environment to meet people. So, the next part is the other stereotypical stuff. Okay, here's one that I have... I got this advice growing up, like, when I first started dating. um, Never go to bed angry. Yes. I think this one... I think there's, like, two sides to this one. Because I think the sentiment behind it is, like, true. Because I think, like, you shouldn't go to bed, like holding on to like something petty or, or trivial fuming. or like fuming you yeah. know i think you should always be able to come back to like even if we're tabling this like i love you and everything's gonna be fine yeah or like just a neutral ground of like this sucks and it's hard for us to talk about let's continue this tomorrow and like right you know? yeah like reach it like a peaceful point yeah. before you go to bed instead of like storming off, sleeping in different rooms, or, like, someone sleeping at their friend's house, you know, like, I think I think it's correct not to want to, like, reach that point, Mm -hmm. but then I think it also depends on, like, what the issue is. Yeah, it's definitely like, situation dependent. Yeah. Um, I think, like, It's weird. I kind of have mixed feelings on it because I completely agree with what you're saying. Like, because you don't want to be like, oh, now we have to stay up till 8 a.m. to finish talking. Right. Because we cannot go to bed angry. Yeah, like, the more tired you get, the worse your ability to even have a conversation is going to be. Like, you'll only be capable of having an argument. Yep. And and you won't be capable of meeting common ground. If you're both just, like, sleep-deprived. But, like, at the same time, like... I don't know. I guess it probably affects different attachment styles differently. Like, when, my, when I'm feeling, like, anxious and stuff, I'm, like, like it feels so scary yes. to think about going to bed angry, but that's also, like, a personal issue. But I, I struggle with that, too. Like, I'm, like, I do want to be the person to stay up all night yeah. and talk about it until I feel better. Yes. You it's know? a selfish thing. Yeah. But it's also trying to, like, regulate your anxiety. Right. I don't know. Like, I think, like we said, like, getting to that neutral thing of, like, We don't hate each other. This is an issue. Right. People have issues. We'll continue talking about it after we've had some sleep. Totally. And I think, I mean, I think couples go through really, really difficult issues, especially if you're in, like, you're a long-term, like, life partnership. Maybe you do go through things where you're like, I need space, I'm going to go sleep at my sibling's house, or what? Like, maybe it it can go through that point, depending on the gravity of what it is. That depends on your attachment style, too, because, like, avoidance needs space after conflict, or they're probably not going to recover. Right, exactly. So, that one I don't think is necessarily bad advice, but I think maybe a theme of the episode is, like, blanket advice, applying it to every situation. Yeah, like, it's super productive. Yes, exactly. Opposites attract, or you must have tons of common interests. This This one's huge. This one's massive. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about the opposites attract one. Like, do opposites really attract? Like, why would you be attracted to someone who's completely the opposite of you? Right. I think, um, that can happen out of like weird, like, in the jealousy dynamic where you're like attracted yeah. to someone who's more like how you want to be yeah i've had that yeah, happen I can before see that. for me or maybe it's a just a lust thing yeah totally. i can see that part i can understand yeah someone that is like nothing like me mm-hmm. in like anything that they do or maybe physically that's really appealing to me i don't know why i've definitely had um i've dated people who are like willing to do things that i'm totally just not willing to do yes. like in their life like whether that's, like, jumping off a cliff into water, like, scary stuff like that that I'm yeah. not willing to do. You know, stuff like that. There are certain things that you can't reconcile past. Yes. Like, if you have completely different core values, like, if your values are opposite, You're so, not going to get past it. But I think people maybe could justify a relationship where it's, like, a physical attraction yeah, or, like, and that, a... Yeah, that's totally... That's fine, but that's not a relationship. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. But the, the other side of that is... I feel like part of the opposites attract thing could be the psychological relationship between narcissists and them mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Because technically they are opposites. Right. Or oh, even yeah. like the fire twin thing like yeah. we just talked about. Yeah. Like avoidance and anxious attached people, like they're opposites. They have opposite needs. Mm-hmm. And they are very attracted to one another because it reinforces their right that keeps them in a state of fear. So, like, there are subconscious things where, like, yeah, I guess that technically could yeah. be true. But on a more, like, surface level of, like, this person grew up completely different from me, has a completely different belief system, wants to do something completely different with their life. Right. Like, everything's different. How How would that make sense? Like, how would that work out? For me, I mean, there are certain things that are, like, non-negotiable. Yeah. Like, you know, if I didn't share, like, 99.99... Or 99.99% of my core values with my partner, like, I think that yeah. would be a huge issue. Yeah, definitely. And I, I've i heard of people who are in relationships who, like, are completely opposite politically or completely opposite. Like How? Actually, here's a good example. I dated someone who was... I'm not religious. I dated someone who was religious. And, um... We couldn't even talk about it because he wouldn't discuss it with me because it was too like difficult and and because we truly would reach a dead end. Yeah, like we couldn't even have that conversation and I can't at the time. Even imagine what that would be. It was like. weird. It was really weird because I really that was like my first serious adult relationship when I was like twenty. Yeah. Um and uh I was always like how how are we gonna do that? Like, mm-hmm. you know, if we're together yeah. forever, like I wanted to be at the time, like how was yeah. that gonna work? And I never had an answer for it and the answer was that it didn't work. I, I really don't believe that religious and political differences can work out in a Unless you're just repressing and ignoring something, which that doesn't sound good. No, it really <laughs> doesn't. I try not to have too many hard no's but those are hard notes for me. Uh, but then the other side of what we we're talking about is you have to have so much things or so many things in common. Yes. Okay. This is a big like one. Like all of your interests have to be aligned. I used to believe this. I did too. Firmly. And I remember um, being on a canoe trip with my family. I've always been really outdoorsy and camping and um, my parents really like canoeing. And I was on a canoe trip with my sister and my dad and like my uh, my ex, my partner at the time, like, didn't want to go, and I was just in turmoil. Like, if he doesn't want to do these things with me, then we can't be together yeah. type of thing. Like, because I wanted all of our hobbies to precisely match up. You and have to I to do everything I, with me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We were totally, like, enmeshed at that point, And I was just like, what's the point of our relationship if he doesn't want to go canoeing? Oh, Like, yeah. what's the point? I remember thinking the exact same thing about my early relationships. Like, the second... They weren't interested in something that I was passionate about. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, what does this mean? Yes. It means that we're different people. Right. But that was so hard to grasp when I was younger. Very hard. And I don't think that we're taught healthy things about relationships as we've talked about a million times on Uh the show. (laughs) But it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to not have all of your interests lined up. Like, you have friends. You have other people who have those interests. I think if it's way too many things that don't line up, then it's just kind of like... You run that risk of actually forming a deeper connection to another person, which is really dangerous. Yeah. If you're in a monogamous relationship, that can be dangerous. Right. I would say a majority of my life, I felt like that, though. I did, too, in, like, really the majority of my life. Um, And I think for me, it's been hard to rationalize, like, if I get into something and I'm, like, super passionate about it or, like, I'm learning new things... I get so overwhelmed with, like, mm-hmm. excitement that the first thought in my head is, like, I want to share that with someone. Yeah. And I'm, like, look, look, look,
1: look, yeah. look, look,
0: read this. Like, yeah. way too over the top, way trying to push them into it, but not coming from, like, an evil place, but, like, just, like, I am so passionate about this. Right. I think that you could be. Let's do this. Yeah. But then, yeah. Then, and then if they're, like, eh, it's, like. <laughs> Why not? Why? Yeah. Yeah. I think, okay. l- like, unlearning that mm-hmm. is difficult. Mm-hmm. It's, like, really difficult. Yeah, I still am, like, tempted by it a little bit. Yeah. Like, why doesn't Ash want to watch anti-MLM YouTube videos with me for hours a day? Who knows? Why? Don't text too soon or too much. Man, I I do not believe in this at all. Me either. Like, how else are you going to gauge where things are at? Just, like... If you had a great time with someone and they just left, fucking text them in 15 minutes. Right. Tell them, like, who cares? Yeah. I feel like there's, like, a super complicated equation for when is it's okay to text and then, like, how long after you should respond. And I've seen that go both ways. Yes. Like, they just texted, but they took a day to respond to your text. You can't respond right away because you'll look desperate. Yep. You know? Like, there's, like, science behind it. But I think that's kind of bogus. I mean... Excessive messaging, like boom boom, 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 that gives me anxiety can lead into like just stalking behavior, yeah. you know, or it's like obsessive behavior, but like just normal and like expecting a back and forth conversation, but also understanding people have busy lives. Like, I don't know. If somebody really wants to talk to you, they're gonna respond and you'll respond and then it'll be fine. And then if you're they're not feeling it or you're not feeling it. I think you can just be like, I'm not feeling this, and then that's also fine. I think it's that we we need to be more okay with our feelings and expressing yes. it, what, like what we actually feel. But also make room for the fact that not everyone operates the same way. Right. So, like, maybe you have more availability to text during the day, but the other person doesn't. And, like, that silence of, like... Waiting right. to get the text starts to make you feel shitty about yourself. That's not really the other person's fault. That's like an internal issue that you're having with yourself. Yes. Not everyone has the same availability. Not everyone wants to send giant text messages. Right. My general statement or I guess stance uh, when you're a woman dealing with men like that on that kind of level is I think that it's more comfortable to be more dominant about what you want. Yeah. Where you're at. That way there's less wondering, and if they can't match you with some kind of certainty or, like, equal response, then you have your answer. Cut them out and move on. Yeah, I agree 100%. I can't believe I spent the majority of my life being more submissive romantically or sexually with men when it feels so much better to be dominant. Yeah. Like, get the questions answered. Say what you want. It's just so much... You just save time. Yeah, and that can be really scary... Especially if you're new at it, but it was at first. Now I'm just like, this is the only way I could function. Yeah, I agree. True love doesn't feel like work. We covered this in Romanticism. Relationships are probably the hardest, most complicated thing that you do as a human being. Yes, it is. Because, um... Reasons we talked about before, not just in romanticism, but, like, in almost every episode, I think we end up touching on this. Like, we don't really learn, unless we're very lucky, we don't really get a perfect template for how to have a healthy relationship. And we don't get structured learning on how to have a healthy relationship. Nope, we have zero education on it, really. Yeah, truly. So, if you expect it not to be work and think it just has to fall into place and be perfect... That's probably not going to happen. And if yep. it is happening, at least in my personal experience, that was a sign of other issues in the relationship. Like, when I've had long-term relationships that included zero arguments, I actually wasn't fully open with that person. Yep. I was... It still had walls up, you know. you're in and denial. Exactly. So, um, I think it's not a good sign if you never have any conflict, because conflict, not that it has to be, like, crazy, like, up fighting conflict, but, like, conflict does lead to growth. That's something my therapist has said, is that you have to destroy this notion that arguments or fights and relationships are bad, but they're actually, you have to look at it as, like, a learning experience for the two of you. Now, obviously, if you're having learning experiences constantly then this might not be the best situation for you but you also have to factor in where are you two coming from like what kind of history do you Mm -hmm. have how were you taught by your parents to model relationships like yes it is work you're going to have conflict it's really just about how you handle the conflict typically with growth in a relationship you also get better at having arguments like they become kind of less um like explosive. Like it's not necessarily angry. Like you could just like have a discussion and like understand how the other person will receive the things that you're going to say and understand like how to approach it in a way that's not going to like harm them or hurt them, you know? So, uh, I definitely think that thinking relationships don't have to be work is also kind of like a cop out. Like in times in my life when I've, i held this belief for a while Mm -hmm. I was like I would never compromise for anyone like I don't think people should ask people to compromise I don't think people should have arguments like if you have arguments just bye on to the next thing like that was definitely like my mindset for a long time and that's because I was in like a phase where I was protecting myself and I wasn't gonna allow anyone like I said like past walls and barriers that I had up Mm -hmm. but that belief was very convenient for me at the time that i was unwilling to let anyone you know into my life and i was also not at a point where i was ready to experience you know a certain stage of growth so yeah absolutely like if you if you can't sit down and have hard conversations and you can't put the work in to like really actually like grow a deep committed relationship i guess I didn't mean to say committed, but a deep relationship, mm-hmm. you're not ready for commitment. Right. And that's okay. Like, and that's okay. Yeah. But, like, if you are at that place, then you should probably just stop being in Right. Yeah. It's, it's probably not going to work to try to force yourself yeah. to a relationship like, when all the signs are pointing to not ready. You have to look at it as work because it is work. And it's not just work between, like the two of you like relationships are where we actually heal from our past events yes and if you don't put the work in to look at the patterns and like look at who you are and the ways that you're responding and stuff like that you're never going to grow you can't have relationships yeah and i do want to say that i think this is a huge topic of our show but the work is is inner work It's the work you do on yourself it's not work you're doing on the other person or work they're doing on you but it will frequently like bring to the surface a lot of like things that you didn't necessarily realize before when you're just acting on your own or, um, so a lot of times you discover the inner work you need to do through a relationship, but it doesn't mean you're fixing the other person or they're fixing you. It's healing. Yeah, it's healing. It's supposed to be healing together and learning together. Yeah. 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 So the next section, um, actually we can thank the people in our discord community. Um, so Uh, We asked everybody to kind of give some examples. Um, So we'll keep everything, like, anonymous, except for the people who already saw it in the group. Um, But we just kind of summarized some of the broad themes that everybody brought to light. Um, And I think there were some really good examples in there. So um, wait longer for things to get better. Um, I think this advice... I've gotten this advice before in my life, usually from peers. Uh, I think this advice comes a lot of the time too, when like your peers know your partner and typically like like your partner, so they're gonna kind of be rooting for the relationship to work out. But sometimes like when you know that it's done or if it's um, uh, an abusive situation that you need to get out of, like this can be very, very bad advice. I think this could be good advice depending on the situation, Yeah. but I think a lot of times it's usually because people are more so rooting for their relationship to survive than they're yeah. necessarily rooting for you, and that's on a subconscious level, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think so too. Get back together, give a second chance with an abusive partner because they may have changed. This, this is, is big. big. This is like so triggering because people say this to abuse victims a lot. All the time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've actually like legit gotten that advice before. I have too, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say don't follow that advice like ever. Even if that person has changed, I don't think because of the way trauma works, I, I don't think that you can really salvage something with that person. I could be wrong. I mean, there could be situations, yeah. but I just think even if somebody is like reformed from abusive behavior, which would usually take like. Years of work. I think it would be better just to go your separate ways. Yeah, like if we're talking about physical abuse, I don't really see how it's possible to come back from that. Like maybe there are people who can, but I don't see how you could. Mm-hmm. I don't either. I also think it's really selfish to tell someone to give someone who's abused them a second chance. Like I agree. where is that even coming from? Yeah, I agree. Here's the next one that's super good. Wait until marriage for sex. Oh my gosh okay can we stop making sex this like purity thing it's not it's so stupid you're not losing or giving anything away there's no such thing as virginity there really isn't it's 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 just that you haven't had sex yet it doesn't mean anything no it doesn't mean anything at all um obviously this is very rooted in christianity um i'm from the south i am as well This is a really common belief, and I don't want to put shame or judgment on people who have done this and they feel fine about it. But I feel like that's got to be some good luck if it works out fine. Um, I think that's really, uh, well, it's definitely rooted in traditions when women were seen as property and women were part of like an agreement and marriage was about more than... Love. I mean the idea of marriage even being about love is relatively new. Yeah, it was literally about like exchanging someone in return for something else and women were the thing being exchanged. Right. And virginity <laughs> was a piece of that ownership. Yeah. Like you get the right to take something away from a woman, you know, or she's saving it to give it to the person who's receiving her dowry or whatever. It's ridiculous. Like it's ridiculous. Virginity is stupid. It doesn't mean anything. Just have sex. When you want to have sex, on your own timeline, on your own terms... Yes. Whenever it makes you comfortable, like... And I do think there's an aspect for many people of, of intimacy that comes with that. Uh, not for everybody, but some people do want to experience that kind of intimacy with another person. Um, for other people, I know that, you know, sex is not as important. Um, but I think if you're, if you're entering marriage, like a, a legal partnership with somebody... It's probably a good idea to know more about them on that intimate level and and to have connected with them that way. If that's something that is important to you, like you should probably do that before you get legally bound to somebody. It seems very bizarre to me to wait to share what is supposedly the most intimate experience you can have with a person until after you've signed papers. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's really weird. And what if you don't like it? Right, especially when you when you trace back like the roots of what marriage is, like the history of marriage is is bad news. It's, it's really super bad news. Scary. It's sexist. It's gross. Like, yes. You, we can't keep these traditions alive if we're going to try to live in a society that isn't supposedly rated right. in misogyny. Yeah, like, it's stupid. Hundred percent stupid. Um. So yeah, like. That's really stupid. Have sex whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Date someone just because they have a crush on you and you don't. Um I've gotten that specific advice like um not even I haven't necessarily gotten this advice. I've gotten it more as like shaming from like another man of course who was shaming me for friend-zoning my friend who's only ever been my friend and he's and he was literally saying like why won't you date this person? You clearly should date this person. Why are I'm you... telling you what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that like, actually is a don't common Don't friend experience. zone him. And I think this person was just, like, triggered by witnessing friend zoning, even though that wasn't even what was going on. But... Like, the whole thing, if you unpack why men are so crazy about the word friend zone, it literally just means they're enraged by not having sexual access to someone. Yes. Hmm. That sounds a little bit unhealthy and entitled, right? Yes. Like, I understand having feelings for someone and it sucks when they don't have it back. But the friend zone thing mm-hmm. that people talk about is so gross and it's so misogynistic. Like, you hold no value to me unless I know that I can have sex with you. Right. That's objectification. Are, <laughs> are you a person? Like, what's happening? Yeah. That's awful. Um, yeah, I remember, I mean, I don't really remember experiencing that much outside of being really young, where it's like, he likes you so much. Like, why wouldn't you? Like, you should. I don't know, because I don't want to. I just don't, I don't want to. And I don't owe you anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, a relationship is about making your partner happy. This is such, like, a staple part of, like, heterosexuality for women especially. Like your job is to not be his stress and make him happy and bend over backwards and do what he wants. And I know this exists in all types of relationships that aren't just heterosexual, but there's a stronger emphasis on it in heterosexual relationships. Yes. Yes. And I think part of it is tracing back to what the, the bond of marriage, like, originated as was women really were in service to the men they were married, They're, and that really was their purpose as determined by the crappy society that they lived in. Yeah, it was literally, like, moving in with someone and being their mother and also their sexual object that they have access to whenever they want on their terms. Yes, and I think that's left over from that. Like, Absolutely. Like, we were watching Love is Blind yes. and one of like the first dates that one of the people did was he was inquiring her cooking skills. And he yep. was like, that's important to me. Why? Because you can't cook? You can't cook for yourself because you're five years old? Like, huh? Huh? You want a mom? Do you want a mom or do you want a partner? Like, can we decide? Right. Can we be like upfront about it? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. It sounds like, like you want another mom. Yeah. Like this whole, like it's A relationship is not about making your partner happy. Isn't it kind of about coexisting together? Yes. It's like helping each other. Like, we live in, like, a hard world. Like, nothing is really that easy. It's easier as two people. That's what it's about. (laughs) Honestly. Be two people instead of one. Like, it's, it's not about you constantly having a full-time job of doing things for someone okay next one don't ask for attention get that attention i'm sorry i've never followed this in my entire life i Mm -hmm. do ask for attention because i'm more upfront about my needs yes yeah yeah i think that kind of goes hand in hand with the other one um that we just talked about like don't put your needs first don't ask for what you want be in service to your partner like no if you need attention ask for attention especially if like they're busy. They're at work all the time, and they're like forgetting to pay attention to you. That happens. Yeah, it I does. know. I forget to pay attention sometimes. Like it's easy for us to get caught up in the one million billion distractions that we There's have so in our out. jobs, in our friends groups, and all this other stuff. Like it's okay to remind your partner, like, "Hi." Remember when you are supposed to pay attention to me? Yeah! And only me? Hi, I- 24-7? I would really appreciate it if you'd stop what you're doing and cuddle with me for 20 minutes because in, I, yeah. I'm feeling like a brat and I want that I'm now. a brat! I'm a brat! I think it's really important to be upfront about your needs. I mean, not in like a crazy, demanding way, but like everyone has like certain levels of like affection or emotional needs or sexual needs or whatever that they kind of need yeah. at like a certain level. And you also can't assume that the other person's always going to be, like, in tune with you and know what you want. You have to communicate it. Yes. 100%. Um, Don't ask for your partner to change. Yes, do. (laughs) It's it's kind of a hard subject because you shouldn't date someone under the uh, premise of how much can I get them to change. Right. But... Also, when you're making a commitment of being just with that one person and growing together and entering different stages of your adult life, you kind of do get to a point where you're like, this is something that probably should change because it's going to be a massive roadblock. Yeah, I think um, I think it's definitely true that people have to want to change. They can't be forced Absolutely. to change. But I think asking somebody for change is different than saying, like, you're required to change or this is the exact change I want you to make. Um, Also, I think this can kind of, I mean, to me, this bleeds into, like, if someone has really bad habits that are affecting their health or could be affecting your health, too. Like, I think that it's okay to ask people to change habits. You can't force them and all you can do is ask and you probably shouldn't ask, like, repeatedly you know there's only so much asking you can do before it's like okay they're not going to change on a timeline that works yeah but if people want to change they will but sometimes they don't know like 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 we were saying earlier like sometimes being in a relationship highlights the inner work that you need to do absolutely and I don't think that there's anything wrong with saying to someone that you have long-term plans with like hey, like, I think you may have an alcohol problem or, like, right. I think that you might need to go to therapy. And it's up to them at that point to make the decision on if they are going to do it, if it's worth them doing Right. If the relationship matters enough to them to want to explore these things. Right. So you can't make them, but I think saying, like, this is, like, a pretty big problem and there's there's got to be something. Yeah. yeah. I think that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you should build up slash save your partner. I feel like this is um you see this all the time. Yeah, like women are conditioned to literally do this with men in heterosexual relationships. Like it's literally normal now. Yeah. Like we go into these situations like wanting to fix broken men. We're conditioned to do it through TV movies, our parents, like or whatever. Conditioned to be attracted to broken men. Yeah. Like and to find that appealing or to almost like find a project. Yeah, and actually, that's something I've learned a lot about through therapy. Is if you find yourself like really hyper focusing on other people instead of yourself, it's actually an avoidance of doing the inner work for yourself. Yes, it's much easier and safer to focus on someone else and try to help them and guide them and fix them and piece them back together because you're you're not focusing on you, which is where the hard work. Right, if you're literally abandoning yourself for someone else to try to make them better. Right. Yeah. Um, So like we said, like, while you can ask somebody to change if you see something that is, like, immediately, like, obvious and beneficial for them to change, or even if it's a small thing, like, you can ask for those things, but it is not your job to fix somebody. Mm -hmm. And if you notice yourself in a pattern of being in relationships where you feel um, almost this, like, nurturing desire to fix people, I've definitely found myself in that situation before, Mm -hmm where I'm attracted to people, um, who I want to fix. And a lot of times it was because I saw myself in them and I could kind of work through things I wanted to fix on myself, but by trying to fix another person or almost by, um, being, uh, the muse or like the inspiration for someone to fix themselves, I kind of had a fixation on that idea, um... Like a romanticized idea of like, well, if if I'm in this person's life, like they will change and see how they can put themselves back together again because of me. Yeah, and type that's of thing. that's so much emotional labor on mm-hmm. your end to try to model that and help someone, and just that's not what romantic relationships are supposed to be. But we have never really been taught that. Right. Like, yeah. You're not supposed to do things like that. Right. And there's a difference between supporting someone and trying to save someone. And you are never going to win in a situation where you're trying to save someone. No. And I think it can come from a really good place. Like, you can love someone so much Mm -hmm. and try to save them, but that's not what the emphasis of your relationship is supposed to be. Yeah, we all have to kind of save ourselves and and I mean we all need support like support yeah. is so important support but. is important mm-hmm. but I guess that's where you establish boundaries the boundary between support and I'm trying to do all this to fix you like yeah you're you don't really have business doing that yeah completely true yep so tell us what you thought of this yes. episode Um, join our Discord. Please, our Discord community is actually way cooler than I actually thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's so fun. (laughs) Um, I love it. It reminds me of, like, god, this is like a a timestamp for, like, how old I am, but... It reminds me of, like, getting on, like, AOL and yes. going into chat rooms and having, like, your chat room friends. Yes. Like, that's what our Discord feels like, and I love it. It's so <laughs> awesome, and everybody in there is so awesome. I know. Um. Okay, yes, that. Also, um, if you can, if you are able to support us on Patreon, we really, really uh, appreciate that. That will help us to keep devoting our time and resources to the show, which yes. we want to Make more and more and more of a priority as much as we possibly can. So that definitely helps us do that. Um, And you can get your name like on the credits. It be like the credits at the end. Yeah, totally. Uh, So that'll be cool. Um, Yeah. Um, Also, do this thumbs up on the YouTube video. Yes, that actually helps us a lot. And make sure that you're subscribed. Yes. It helps us so much. Subscribe. Subscribe. Please subscribe. Please. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Oh my god! I can't wait to take the wig off. I know.